When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. It's the hottest conspiracy theory on the block. Why would you bury the lead like that? That's how we should have started the episode. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right, welcome to True Crimes Against Wine. That's Topher. That's Rachel. Topher is our wine expert extraordinaire. Uh, Rachel knows everything there is to know about pop culture. I Don't sure challenge do. her on it. Nope. <laughs> so this podcast is about wine, obviously pop culture, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, at the end of the episode, we will deliver our verdict on the wine and apply a sentence if necessary. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Topher, what kind of wine are we drinking today? So, I know very limited little tidbits here. I mm-hmm. do know that we are drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. I do know that it is from Sonoma County. Mm. And this is actually going to be, I think, really interesting and challenging for me because I don't typically like California whites. Oh, yeah. And okay. historically, I have not been a huge fan. I'm definitely going to keep an open mind. Okay. Um, also, I don't know where in Sonoma this is from, and there's 17 uh, possible ABAs. Ooh. So I'm going to try and kind of hone in a little bit more. But let's taste it and see. All right, let's, let's yeah. take a sip. So I'm going to smell mine first. Oh, that's already giving me some clues right there. It smells like wine. It, that's good. <laughs> I hate it when my wine smells like cachaça. Well, it happens occasionally. Occasionally. Mm. Okay. Okay. So what are you tasting? Because this tastes very sweet to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It does not taste sweet to me. Mm. Uh, it tastes very fruit forward, though. Oh, fruit forward? <laughs> it's just, it's a very fruity wine. So Okay. Okay, so traditionally... Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about Sauvignon Blanc, okay. you're going to be thinking about two major regions and therefore schools of thought about how it's made. So you've okay. got France, mm-hmm. um, historically from the Loire Valley. Okay. That's going to produce a really light, crisp, mineral driven uh, okay. with some some grassy notes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it tastes like dirt. It does not taste like, does grass taste like dirt? Well, it grows in dirt, oh. so it's part of it's it. tomatoes. <laughs> but they grow taller away from the dirt. Um, That's a science fact for everyone. Yeah, so we'll get back to you when the pop culture comes around. How about that? Um, So then you've also got uh, New Zealand, typically going to be from Marlboro, and that's going to be what I like to call breakfast wine. It is, yeah. It's a breakfast wine. It's like to me, it's just grapefruit juice, man. You get like that really heavy grapefruit, very little on the terroir, the minerality, the greenness, all of that. When you think about wines being made outside of those areas, you've got to think about stylistically how what the winemaker is putting into it, their mm-hmm. approach that they're taking with it, okay. as well as the climate and the terroir. Those are all going to be factors. So for this wine, it's definitely leaning to me more towards that Marlboro style. I'm getting okay. some really ripe citrusy grapefruity notes to it, which I think that you could very easily okay. interpret as sweet when okay. you're thinking of like... So what uh, I call juice. sweet, you're thinking fruit forward. Yes, because there's no actual extra sugars added to this. And it's not like a Riesling mm-hmm. where, or a sweeter Riesling, where they will allow the grapes to mature more on the vines. So that mm-hmm. Those sugars start to happen in the riper grapes. Okay. So a lot of times your brain's tricked into thinking that something is sweeter than it actually is because... Mm-hmm. It the, tastes like fruit. Exactly. Well, do you want to know, take a sip, who our defendant is? 
Or you want to make a guess? I don't want to make a guess as to who the defendant is. I okay. do want to make a guess that we can circle back around to okay. as to where in Napa this is from. Okay, so where do you think this is from? So I've got a few options here. Um, the three most prominent areas for Sauvignon Blanc's production okay. mm-hmm. is going to be Alexander Valley, okay. Dry Creek Valley, and Russian River Valley. It's obviously possible that it could come from another one of those or another area outside of that. But those are the, that's kind of my jumping off point. Okay. I don't think that it is Alexander Valley because Alexander Valley would have more of a classic French style mm-hmm. for the way that they're producing things now. It is totally possible that it's Dry Creek Valley, but I'm thinking that it's Russian River Valley because it's that's very much traditionally known for having more of that Marlboro style and less of those grassy notes to things. Okay. So I'm going for that. Okay. Well, let's see. Topher's right. So this is from Dave Matthews of Dave Matthews Band. Damn. <laughs> this is going to be a really fun episode for you because I'm going to have to drink a lot during yes. the trivia portions. <laughs> Okay, but I am also seeing some cool stuff on this little sheet that you've given me, and I'm also okay. going to take a look at We're this. We're unwrapping our wine. Look at the bottle for the first time. Ooh, yeah. that's a pretty label. I like that label. So nice. the label has, like, this beautiful tree that's growing up, and the top of the label is kind of jagged around the leaves. Yeah. It's, it's very organic, earthy looking. It's really cool. It's like you're mm-hmm. looking at the wine through the foliage. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the style of the drawing. It reminds me, it's like that black and white ink drawing um, yeah, that reminds me of the giving tree like, sketch yeah okay yeah yeah, that, that yeah. Like giving Shel silverstein um yeah yeah it kind of is in that style also i am noting the first thing so the actual winemaker mm-hmm. sean mckenzie yes on your spec sheet here is a new zealand native he is so you were oh, spot on with the new zealand stuff oh but i was I was wrong. Okay, I was right and I was wrong here. Okay. So it is actually from Alexander Valley, which surprises me. Wow. But Russian River deposited gravel. Well, look at that. So the terroir terroir is from the Russian River. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. By the way, do you know why it's called the Russian River? I just learned this today. It's full of beets. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's all, it's made of borscht. Yeah. Delightful. Um, Borscht and vodka black tea. No. no, why is it called the Russian River? So I learned this because I was reading about the history of Sonoma County. Mm-hmm. And the first grapes were planted at Fort Ross in 1812 okay. in, in Sonoma County, mm-hmm. which was the southernmost Russian settlement. Did you know that Russians settled that far south? I was like, Alaska uh, is about as far south as it goes, right? Yeah, I didn't know that they, they did that. They totally had Russian settlements as late as 1812. In fact, it wasn't until the 1840s that <laughs> it was taken over by the Spanish. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, that doesn't seem like the kind of climate they would enjoy, right? No. Not enough sadness going on. No, too much sunshine. We're, all, um, we're taking our Borscht River with us. <laughs> so Dave Matthews, that's yes. really interesting. All right, so let's let's keep sipping. And what do you know about Dave Matthews so I can gauge how much of a jerk to be towards you as we drink? So I know a couple of things. Mm -hmm. At least I'm going to, I think I know a couple of things. Okay. Dave Matthews is part of Dave Matthews Band. Correct. It's not just one person. It is, in fact. He is not a one-man band. um, There are other members. There are other members. Yes. I know that they were kind of a big deal starting in like the mid to late 90s, Uh right? And then like Uh especially in the early 
2000. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that's their, that's definitely their time. And now I know that they're still doing tours because my friend Christy is a huge fan. And oh, yeah. she actually went and saw them in concert sometime either earlier this year or last year. Mm-hmm. So they're still, they're still doing stuff. I don't know if they're still producing music or if it's more of like a... No, they are. They're, they're definitely still writing music and touring. Okay. Well, not given the current circumstances. So I don't... They're, they're going to tour in 2021. Like, They've got tours planned. <laughs> I don't know that I could tell you if I've even ever heard a Dave Matthews song. Interesting. Um, I'm going to speculate that they're either like a 90s alternative sound or country rock. Interesting. Okay. Well, I know it's not rap. <laughs> it's, and I'm pretty sure they're not known for their operettas. You are correct on that. So, okay. yeah, so Dave Matthews Band made it big in the mid-90s. They had their debut album in 1994, and they were like a jam band yeah. sort of okay. deal. So it's a lot of, like, I mean, kind of hippie-ish, mm-hmm. but 90s polo shirt from Abercrombie & Fitch, kind of hippie-ish okay. vibe. Okay, gotcha. So I mean? not, not alternative in the sense of, like... They're not, like, Nirvana right. jam kind of alternative. Like, they were definitely played on alternative rock stations. Yeah. But more mainstream. More mainstream. More kind of, yeah. So I think like the sweet spot for Dave Matthews band audience is definitely like the 90s guy who played hacky sack in college on right. the quad. Yes. And he okay. wore a puka shell necklace. I am picturing it. I, you know, it's funny. I was almost that guy. And I guess the thing that didn't tip me over the edge was that I had not listened really to their listened songs. To Dave Matthews. <laughs> so I was like, clearly I can't keep this persona up anymore. I need to just embrace something completely different, yes. which I did. Okay. I yeah, I can I can see that. So this is made by this is not like a a band. No, line. this is not this a is, band. This is wine. the Dave Matthews. The Dave Matthews of if Dave that's Matthews. His real band. Name. It is well, David. See, see, you gotta watch. <laughs> Very taught him in one lie, Dave. Yep. Yeah. So this is this is his wine. He collaborated with the Sean McKenzie guy from New Zealand mm-hmm. on it, which is really cool. Well, before I say anything, I want to know what your thoughts are on the wine. Okay. It's it's growing on me. Initially, it was a little sweeter than I would like, but I'm drinking it. To be fair, we also had a shot of really harsh cachaça before we started. We did. And I feel like that probably influences what your Had a glass of water in between or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's true. But honestly, like it's a, it's a pretty good wine. It goes down easily. I... What do you like about it or don't like about it? No, I actually, I do enjoy it. So my preference for Sauvignon Blanc is definitely going to be that really crisp, clean uh, Loire Valley style, Mm -hmm. especially within Loire Valley. If it's a Sancerre, Mm -hmm. that's really my jam. It's silky. It's elegant, beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I have a very special place in my heart for those Marlboro New Zealand style wines especially if I'm like on vacation or out by a pool. There's something very tropical to me about those wines. Okay, because of the fruitiness? Because of the fruitiness, the great okay. fruitiness. Like I said, it's it's like a breakfast wine to me. So like when you're on vacation, you have the luxury of not feeling like a total alcoholic because you're having a glass of wine with breakfast. Oh, you're only supposed to do that on vacation. Oh, well, it depends Uh-oh. on what your it depends on what your version <laughs> of vacation is. Um, any morning can be a vacation. If you have the right attitude, yeah. absolutely. Like you need a coconut candle and a fucking bottle of wine. <laughs> Can I just have, like, a little turtle servant, like, bring my wine to me? Absolutely. The world is your oyster, Rachel. I would really like that if I could train the reptile to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a different tangent, but, you know. if I get you for Secret Santa in the office party this year. Yes. 
I can only afford a very small turtle, so it's going to have to be a miniature a bottle of wine. Bottle. Like, a, okay. like a church bottle or an airplane bottle. Okay, I'll accept that. But yeah, no, I think that in terms of pulling off the style that they were going for, mm-hmm. that that's a really successful collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's better than I thought. A wine from a 90s band celebrity guy would what be. What did you, you think know? that it was going to be? Like a wine cooler or like a jug of wine? Oh, I do like a good jug of wine. Do you know that the jug of wine actually originated in Sonoma? Really? Yeah. I know. So, yeah, I thought it was like an old Italian countryside thing. Well, I mean, like, yes. But in terms of like... So jugs were invented in Sonoma? No, but in terms of actually selling in retail places, oh, okay. jugs of wine. I had no idea. It was because in Sonoma County back in the 20s, there were actually 256 wineries. But by the end of 1933, when the prohibition ended, okay. less than 50 of those had survived. Wow. And so it was just more cost effective to sell in larger quantities like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm sure once prohibition ended, people were like, fuck yeah. They're like, yeah. So, Jug it up. Yeah, so they had a lot of grapes they had to get rid of, and that was the easiest, most efficient way to do it. Well, it makes sense to me. Yeah. It actually didn't have much to do with quality in the beginning. Yeah, I, th- I think after Prohibition, people weren't concerned about quality, even during Prohibition. Well, I mean, like... it. I think you're like, just alcohol, please. <laughs> I mean more that it was decent wines that were being sold in jugs, versus uh, okay. nowadays the connotation of, like, okay. your jug wine's not going to be great. Okay. Yeah. Well, but. that's just prejudice against jugs. <laughs> Hashtag all containers are beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Real wine Even has the ones jugs. that are extra voluptuous. <laughs> all right. So why do you think Dave Matthews did this Sonoma County? Given that the other guy is from New Zealand, why not just make a wine in New Zealand? Um, why come all the way to California and do it? There's a lot of reasons for that. I would imagine that a large portion of it is the cost. Mm-hmm. You've got to think not only in terms of going through all the legal stuff of buying a foreign property. Okay. But also differences in cost, import mm-hmm. versus export, mm-hmm. things like that. But also we don't, I don't know enough about the winemaker, uh, Sean McKenzie, to know whether he was living in New Zealand at the time. And oh, he might maybe. have already just been assuming here. That. He was probably already here. Working probably. That would make more projects. sense than Dave Matthews importing a guy from New Zealand. Yeah, like in a, in a <laughs> crate full with like hay and sawdust. Wine, yeah. <laughs> He opens the crowbar and yeah. Sean McKenzie pops out. But also I think that Sonoma County is a really smart, if you're going to be doing a domestic mm-hmm. one, it's a really smart place to put your money because like I said, there are 17 different AVAs, which are mm-hmm. American viticulture areas okay. that are registered. Mm-hmm. Each one of those has a very unique microclimate and terroir. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of variety in terms of what you're wanting to grow depending on what your passion project is mm-hmm. and if he had already kind of been talking to sean mckenzie sean mckenzie was probably like let's do this in alexander valley let's look for a property because this is the kind of thing that you're wanting to do this is how i can help you do that it also is the first place in california that sort of pushing actual good wine back as early as 1855 um, okay. things changed okay. a lot yeah they actually sonoma so County, after, like the gold rush in california people like oh we can grow grapes so you had yeah you had a lot of wealthy people that were migrating to California and setting up successful businesses and industries there. Mm -hmm. And so in 1855, there was actually a push from the, my gosh, it was some board. It was like the wine growers board, I think, or something like that, and the local government. And they sent a guy whose name was Anthony, he was Hungarian, so his last name is like basically all consonants, Mm -hmm. and five of them are Zs, so I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. Um, that's a hard pass. But they sent him on a tour through Europe to mm-hmm. learn from various countries, like ancient viticulture establishments. 
Oh, so he was, and then he brought back clippings from France, Italy, and Spain mm-hmm. and planted them. Mm-hmm. And so that he was the first person that really kind of pushed the idea that we can be on par mm-hmm. with what's happening in terms of table wines with our European cousins. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's got a long history, and I, I think that's a really smart decision to get involved. It's also it's really Sonoma. large. Yeah. Okay, so it's established, ease of access, starting it up, has the respectability and the history and experience mm-hmm. there. Okay. Yeah. Well, good it'd, be, call. it'd be kind of an easier thing. Good to call, Dave. So you're saying he's lazy? No, I'm saying that he's. Well, that's what I'm getting out of this. I wouldn't Should presume. Should harder, Dave? I've never listened to a song of his, so I can't speak to his work ethic. <laughs> well, we are going to be blasting his songs later. We yeah, don't. I'm gonna have to hear one. Have the funds to play the songs during the podcast? <laughs> because we, we can't afford that sort of licensing. We However, have a better lawyer than the one that we currently don't have on retainer. So. Yes. <laughs> But after this, we will jam out to some Dave Matthews band, DMB as it's sometimes called. I love it. Do you know what their little logo looks like? Um, is it a wicker man? Kind of. It's kind of odd looking where it looks like a really emaciated ballerina with either her head down or no head. And I've seen it before on cars and like without the Dave Matthews stuff on. I was like, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. I was like, is that a decapitated fairy? Like, what is that? That's bizarre. And then today, like looking up Dave Matthews stuff, I was like, oh, that's their logo. Is it usual for bands to have logos? Well, I mean, some bands have like certain fonts and like some bands do kind of have logos or mascots. Like I mean, like the Rolling Stones has like the mouth with like the tongue out like bleh. Oh, I just thought that was you one know. of their album covers. Yeah, but then they've been using that a lot too, so it's become identified with them. Like Metallica has their font like around their name that looks like heavy metal, sort of. Oh yeah, with like the lightning bolt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's look at me knowing thing. things about look pop at culture. You. Look I'm at not just you. a pretty face full of wine. <laughs> well, we do describe you as a pretty face full of wine. All Thank time. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So I am really interested in quizzing you about Dave Matthews. I am terrified because you already know that I'm not going to, I need to refill my glass. Yes. Okay. So let's, let's do a little grass. Oh God. Glass refill. Not a grass refill, but fans of Dave Matthews might be into that. (laughs) It is a California line. So there's that. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a couple of stories and I'll do it one at a time. Okay. And you have to tell me if it's a true story or a false story. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I like this. Okay. So Dave Matthews first started playing guitar when he was just nine years old. True. I'm not done. <laughs> but I won, so you have to drink. <laughs> okay, well, you force me. So he first started playing guitar when he was nine years old, but he didn't consider a career in music until he was actually in law school. And he went to his first... He was in law school? Mm-hmm, and he went to his first jazz concert. Okay, question. And then, like, fell in love and was like, no, I'm quitting. I'm going to do music. At so a jazz that, concert, uh-huh, which so is strange. I mean, that's Dave Matthews. You don't know his music, so... What did he <laughs> want to be when he was nine if it wasn't a musician? Well, I don't know. He's a child, probably a dinosaur. Who knows? Kids want to be all sorts of weird stuff. I never wanted to be a dinosaur. I wanted to be a dinosaur doctor. Well, there you go. You could have operated on Dave Matthews then, the dinosaur. <laughs> oh, what a missed opportunity. Yes. In, in an alternate universe. Okay. I'll so have Neil Gaiman write a graphic novel about it for me. The dinosaur doctor. Yeah. You can travel through time and operate on dinosaurs. That's right. Then they eat you because they're dinosaurs. There's okay. no gratitude. It's a all right. So is that, is that true or false? I'm going to say that's true. Nope. Take a drink of wine. <laughs> Was it all a lie? No. Like most good lies, you mix the truth into it to make so it more believable. He started when he was 
nine years old. He did start playing guitar when he was nine years old. And he old. did go to law school. No, he did not. I made that up. You're a bitch. Yes. <laughs> I thought that seemed strange. That someone could go to law school? Well, because it seems like he would have decided to be a musician very late in life, because he'd be at least 22 when that happened. Well, that's not that old. Yeah, but I don't feel like he's, I don't know, that just doesn't match with the timeline. So I what, thought about the details. What really happened was he was learning to play guitar, and that was something that he kind of did as a child, and his mom did start taking him to a bunch of concerts and stuff. And then he was working at a bar in Charlottesville, Virginia. This makes more sense. Where he started to become friends with some regulars and other people there. And they're like, oh, you should record a demo. And then he started making friends with some folks. And then they all kind of joined in. And, like, that's when the Dave Matthews Band first started in the early 90s. And they started recording demos and EPs and then had their first full-length album in 1994. You know, anytime there's a band where the front man is the the name of the band, mm-hmm. I always wonder what the other band members think about that, especially as they start to get oh, bigger. We, is there I drama? Can, I good? can tell you a story about that. Okay. 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 And I won't make you drink. I'll just tell you the real deal story. Okay. Tell me the real deal. So... It's not that exciting, even though I really built it up to be. Damn it. (laughs) See, now you lied to me again. I know. We'll drink again. (laughs) So when they were first starting out and they were big on like doing a bunch of live shows again, because jam bands like they want to play it live and each time's kind of a little bit different. So when they first started out and they were booking shows, they called in to book and they're Whoever was booking at the venue said, well, who's the artist? And he said, Dave Matthews. And the guy wrote down Dave Matthews Band. Oh. And the rest of the band was just like, okay, that's fine. And then they all just kind of went with it. They were probably stoned at the time and then regretted that decision later. Well, I don't know how it works. They seem to be pretty good friends. Are right? they, is it all still original? Most, mostly original. So there's a lot of different instruments that Dave Matthews band. So guitar, bass, drums, oboe. obviously. You gotta have the oboe, viola. <laughs> Yeah, they have a fiddle, like a violin fiddler. Uh, remember how big, like, string... Excuse me, I said country rock. Well, remember how big, like, string instruments were in the 90s, like, alternative stuff? No. Everybody liked... Okay, so here's the deal so about... So Topher was in a coma <laughs> during the 90s, everybody. No, here's the thing, is that I... We've talked about this with my movie knowledge. You know, I was in a very <laughs> controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the 90s, I was only allowed to listen to Christian music. My favorite artist was Stephen Curtis Chapman. I also really loved Amy Grant. And then... That's a fair... Yeah. And then in once that phase was done in the 2000s, I went into a really deep on hole. Yes. Which I'm still kind of in to this day. You're in her hole. I'm in. God, I wish. I wish. I just want to crawl into her uterus. Sure. It'd be lovely inside there. It probably would be. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like being in her uterus and hearing her sing like from the (laughs) inside? How ethereal. So let's, let's call an old game and make this the book. Forget the dinosaur crap. <laughs> I mean, there I could be multiple volumes, I'm sure. How you as an adult man going inside Celine Dion's uterus and listening to her sing. I wish that I were one That's of the people. That sounds like a serial killer. Is <laughs> I mean, I also want to wear her skin, but that's unrelated. <laughs> Um, back to back to you about All right. Dave Matthews. All right, I'm going to tell you another story. Okay, and you're going to tell guess. me if okay. this is true or false. Okay. So Dave Matthews is actually South African, even though he grew up primarily in the United States, but he did spend some time in South Africa. And in the 80s, when he, because he was born in 67, so when he was 18 in 1985, that math is correct enough. 
there's like compulsory military service in South Africa. Yeah. And he was not about that because there was still apartheid going on at that time. And he was just like, nope, not going to do it. I'm leaving South Africa. Bye. And this was at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's true, but I really want it to be true because that's actually, that's a really good story. And that would... That would make me have a lot of respect for him. So I'm going to say that so it's why, true. Okay, so I was like, why do you not believe it's truth? But you're going with true. I'm going with true. Congrats, you're right. Oh, take that's a, amazing. Take a well, celebration sip. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Well, good for you, David Matthews. <laughs> yeah, good for you, David. Can you do a South African accent? Oh, no, can you? <clears throat> no, can you try that? No, it's going to come out Australian, which is not close. So <laughs> this happens especially when I drink. You do South African accent. Well, I'll be trying to do an accent. <laughs> uh-huh. And it somehow goes from posh British mm-hmm. to Cockney to Australian uh-huh. and then circles up to South African. Okay, so run us through it. the gamut. Oh, I well, I can't do it. I'm not not at that level yet. Okay, so afterwards. You might get lucky. That will be a show just for the fans later on. Fan, only fans. <laughs> Our only fans account is just over doing accents. There's probably nothing a sexual, for it. just uh, well, accents. It's not not sexual. It's what you make of it. That's right. <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing, is inconsistency in accents. Topher's got you covered. I've got you covered. No, I can't. See, okay. Fine. I know that they do. They do fun things with their vowels, and it's crisper than. Australian, so it's like mm-hmm. South Africa. That's not bad. That's not terrible. It's not quite there, but we'll get there. Yeah, eventually, one day. One day. I knew a family when um, I was a kid, and we were living in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and in our apartment complex, the guy went to seminary with my dad. Actually, mm-hmm. it was an Australian dude, and he had a South African wife, mm-hmm. and they had three children, mm-hmm. and their accents were so fucked up. So they had Australian, South African, and American. Well, no, they like had they had moved directly to LA. Like, oh, so they hadn't grown up. Yes, in the they US had not. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that after some time there, they got more fucked up. But yeah, probably yeah. Half the time, I had no idea what they were saying because like those are two completely different accents, and then you mm-hmm. mesh them together, and or sometimes it would be like three words in the sentence would be Australian, mm-hmm. but then five words would be not, mm-hmm. and it was. It was mm-hmm. very confusing. Interesting. Yeah. Also, lots of different terminologies. Yeah. I feel like the slang in South Africa is very different. Mm-hmm. It would be hard. The littlest one, he was like three at the time. He would always follow me around in the parking lot of the apartment complex asking mm-hmm. me for lollies. You're in, you were like, no. I was like, I am too young and you are too young for this to become a sexual relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> That's definitely what lolly means. Also, being around a lot of different cultures at that Mm -hmm. age for me was very difficult because I have that thing. I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you like subconsciously in a way that you can't help get a sympathy accent. Yes, I definitely. Which is the fucking worst. It's Mm -hmm. so awful because you you are telling yourself you're like, don't do it. Don't. Do then it. you start to imitate them. Yes. And then you kind of come off as like an as asshole. An because asshole. like, why are you mocking me? But it's it's like, I think it's driven from a place of empathy. Yes. And wanting to... We're just very compassionate. That's the bottom line. That's what, we're not assholes. We're just overly compassionate. Cheers to compassionate people. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you some more Dave Matthews. Okay. I'm going to tell you if this is true or false. Okay. Okay. So as you know, Dave Matthews band tours a lot because mm-hmm. you knew that somehow. Good for you. Just a wealth of knowledge, just Rachel. A wealth you need of... to accept it. Okay, accept it. But they had a little bit of a problem when they were on tour. Cocaine. Well, maybe. 
Yeah, probably just pot for them. Jam bands, I'm going to go with mostly pot. Uh, I'm going to say if you're famous and you're touring, you're definitely doing lots of cocaine. Well, you got to stay awake somehow. Yeah. Well, you got to get a good night's sleep. No, that's stupid. No, they had a problem. So in 2004, when they were on their tour bus, they passed over the Chicago River and the bus driver let out basically like the septic tank on the bus. And it Into the fell- Chicago River? Nope. It fell onto a boat of tourists. Oh, my God. <laughs> and covered them in shit. And then Dave Matthews Band got sued. I'm going to say yes, because I want that story to be true. Yes, that's very much true. Uh, <laughs> Guess how much you know money they I, had to pay out to the people who got all the tour poop on them. $30 million. Oh, no. 200000 Oh, what? Yeah. I know. That doesn't my showers cost money. more than that. <laughs> Well, then they also donated, like, 50 grand to, like, help clean up the Chicago River and, like, another 50 grand to help, I don't know, the environment. because they're like really their bus driver time. should have been the one who sued. Well, the bus driver did get fined, but I think the band paid because, obviously, he's a bus driver and they're a fucking rich band, so. Yeah. <laughs> they can't be like, sorry, buddy, that's on you, the person who makes, like, 25 grand a year. Good luck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I'm just overly compassionate. Well, yeah. We're learning that Topher hates bus drivers, apparently. I've had some bad experiences. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy that a lot because, you know, he really got me. Do you know how much poop it was, by the way? $30 million. No, I'm talking about the volume of poop. Yeah, $30 million worth of poop. No, 800 pounds of poop. What's the last time they let that out? <laughs> Apparently they're waiting till they got out on the bridge and we're like, onto the people in the tour show below. <laughs> I love that story. I, I just imagine just like shooting out like I a fire hose. I can't. I would, these tourists with their cameras like click, click. click I would click. die. I would absolutely die. So oh, I was, would just jump over where I'd be like, no, yeah, just jump no, into the river probably, and swim away. Probably. So there was a time, this was like three or more years ago, something weird happened with our toilet where it like on its own just started like bubbling up from. Yeah. And it got fucking like not even like our shit, like other people's shit all over oh, our God. bathroom floor. And it was right. Well, how did you know it was other people's shit? Because it. First of all, <laughs> did you do like it a shit? It smell like my shit. After it's been staying in pipes for God knows how long. You know when you smell some shit strange. Mingling with other people's poop. I mean, maybe it was the progeny of my shit and someone else's <laughs> shit. I don't know how shit breeds. No, I had just gotten called into work. And so I was about to leave. And oh all of a sudden <gasps> I hear this weird gurgling loud. And then, that's not a good sound. And then the sloshing sound, which is the oh, worst, because that's when it's hitting no. the floor. Yeah, you don't want to hear like glug, glug, glug. So I, I see it. That's I just, not like, a good sound for a toilet. I immediately to freak out, have to go shut Gus up in our, my dog in the kitchen. Gus like, is his husband. <laughs> like, husband, you get back in the kitchen. This wouldn't have happened if you'd been better with plumbing. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, I had a bunch of old ratty towels you know like mm-hmm. you use for like right. washing cars and shit mm-hmm. and use that i didn't have any gloves to so like, <gasps> touch it oh no and we didn't know how to mop so i had to use the spare key for my neighbor's place to and get, a mop. get her mop yeah and it was just it was a traumatic experience i took i think three showers after that before i went to oh work. yeah I, 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 would I called them and was like myself i was like it's going yeah. to be a while before I get there. And then I came home and was just like, I will never feel clean Clean, again. Like, I feel like I need to burn the bathroom down and just start over. You should have. Like a phoenix. Brandon, my fiance, his response when I told him about it. (laughs) I am engaged to my dog. 
the human that I live with. The husband's not happy about it. No, but when I told Brandon about it afterwards and was just like still traumatized and shaking, he was like, if that ever happens again, just let me clean it up because I don't have the same issues with that as you do. And I'm like, so I was supposed to just leave it there. Yeah, you're not just going to leave like shit like bubbling out of a toilet. Like close the bathroom door, stuff a towel and be like, duct tape this, hope this holds until you get home, It's just like a wave of like shit coming out like shining elevators. And we've got even more problems. Oh, I had to throw away some of my clothes too because they were on the floor and I was like, oh yeah, no, I was like, I'm not, this is not redeemable. There's no way to clean them. Nope. No. They gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go. So thank you, Dave Matthews, for fucking spraying shit all over my floor. Yeah, he brought up a Where's really traumatic memory for you. I think you need to sue him. I for probably should. Or at least his bus driver. Yeah. Well, the bus driver doesn't have the money. Dave Matthews has the money. We don't know what he's doing with his life now. <laughs> Making wines also. Maybe. Oh, maybe a bus driver wine to compete with Dave Matthews wine. Oh, what would you know. call the bus driver wine? Hawk Hawk. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. The wine on the bus goes round and round. Oh. I need to workshop the title yeah, for this some, a little this bit. This needs some help. Um, <laughs> well, I don't see you contributing. <laughs> I was going to say Hong Kong, but I then you oh, I stole it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you have credit for that now. All right, one one final story about Dave Matthews. Lay it on me. And I'm going to see if it's true or false. Okay. All right, so Dave Matthews, despite being very steady with his band life, mm-hmm. because they've been a band for. God, what, almost like 30 years at this point, right? From 1991, 2020, long time. He's had a very tumultuous personal life. At one point, he was romantically linked to Julia Roberts, but it didn't work out. Okay. So he is married and divorced three times. Okay. Since then. But she was like the most famous person he was with. But he's been with like lesser famous women and just like it's not worked out for him. So, end of story, true or false? So the devil's in the details here, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I I would believe mm-hmm. that he was linked to Julia Roberts even briefly at one mm-hmm. point. Okay. What I find difficult to believe is that she's the only famous person he would have ever been linked with. Because this is, we're talking about like the mid to late 90s when they're like really... But she was more famous than he was. A lot of guys can't handle having a more famous partner. I'm, I'm, that's not the part I'm disputing. I mean, I'm disputing the fact that she would be the only one. I think that there would be other people. I can see him briefly dating like Elizabeth Hurley or something like that. I like going to say Elizabeth Taylor and that would be great. <laughs> also, also, he was the sugar baby to Elizabeth Taylor. We all know this. Nice. That's what his song Diamonds is about. <laughs> then she made the perfume after the song. <laughs> I assume he has a song named Diamonds. Not that I know of. It, it could be true. It could be. We'll you're, never you're know. You're good, but you don't There's have no There's way no of way of checking. There's no There's way to no check. There's no way of, of going in on that. So. No. Nobody correct us on that. There's no way of knowing any of his song titles. That's so I'm saying mistake. false. You're right. It's oh, false. my God. Congrats. I did. Take a drink. Okay. Can we just talk about the fact that out of all the celebrities that we've ever talked about, mm-hmm. and all the quizzes that you put me through, yes, this is the only celebrity that I know literally zilch about but you've got some good I, instincts on the i did one. better than any yeah. of the others three out of four says 75 percent. so that's a c it's okay it's better than like the <laughs> fucking like negative g's that i've been getting so okay so here's the deal julia roberts is a real big fan of dave matthews band and she was actually really? in one of their music videos 
Do you think that she's ever gone to a concert and flashed them? She's a big flasher, so I'm going to go with yeah. Is she a big flasher? No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know her personal life. I don't stalk her. <laughs> no, they can't prove it. They can't prove it, right? If I don't confess, it doesn't count. Do you want to crawl up inside of Julia Roberts? No, I'm, I'm not that. I don't want to crawl up inside anybody. I kind of need you to That's say that you weird. do, just so that I feel a little bit justified. And, and you're Celine Dion? No, that's on you. Look, I had the turtle breaking the line <laughs> earlier, so you can have the weird uterus Celine Dion thing going on. I don't, I don't see how those two are even on the same planet when it comes to weirdness. <laughs> Great, mine's better. Yours is better. Yeah. It's much less creepy. Um, if you invited me to come and stay with you on your little, like, private cabana situation. And you had turtles that would just bring you food and drinks? If I was Wouldn't awakened by a turtle carrying, like, a little... <laughs> Or let's say a tortoise. Let's say a tortoise. Because that's I feel better. Like, well, I feel like they somehow be, that's better. Well, they can't carry an entire continental breakfast on like a little tiny turtle. <laughs> what if you just had each turtle had like one little item? Also, when we're talking about this, do we are we we would have to be talking about tortoises because they're the ones that walk on land. Versus if you had a turtle, it's got the flippers. So it's moving in a okay, very well, jarring let's go fashion. Okay, let's then. Because you don't want to end up with your, reptiles you don't want your oranges and, and grapes and banana slices to end up all over the floor. What if I do? What if that's how I like to eat? Also, how do you train you don't them? don't know. Do you have like a little stick that's attached to their shell that's dangling lettuce in front of them? Yes. I know they exactly like Exactly what you do. They do, yeah. And do you have to send them out the night before? So they have good head so start. The food is just super cold and like, gross by then. Before you go to bed, you're like, my preference for my breakfast time is check this box. And that way they're like, oh, do we send the tortoises out they, at, they start at them 11, 12, or 1 a.m.? You know, I used to have pet tortoises. Really? Yes. I had a friend who had pet tortoises. In California. They lived in a sandbox. No, ours lived in our backyard. Hannibal and Merriweather. Those are the real names. Why? (laughs) I did not name them because, again, I was a small child and I had no control over that. Those are names chosen by my mother. But yeah, we had tortoises and they would eat our hibiscus flowers. And sometimes my mom would like not shut the sliding glass door and they would just like kind of slowly wander into the house and be like, hey. And then kind of like wander back out. I mean, if you're going to have... They're a, very chill pets. Yeah, if you want to have a low-maintenance pet, like, they're super chill. They live forever, though, so that was kind of a problem when we moved to Atlanta. Like, Did you kill them? We ate them. <laughs> I bet they were delicious. Nobody talks no. about... How delicious tortoise tortoises are. No, I think she gave them to a friend or, like, a... I don't I don't know. How big were they? They were pretty, like... Like a large listeners. Pot. <laughs> For our listeners, that was... I forgot this is not a visual medium. (laughs) (laughs) That was about the size of a large end table. Right. So whatever size you want it to be, that's how big they were, everyone. (laughs) Do you want me to do some more pantomiming shapes and sizes? Ooh, and then I have to compare them to To everyday objects? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right. Let's get... Let's refill. Yeah, let's refill this. No, but let's go back to Dave Matthews for a minute. Okay. He actually has been married since 2000 to his longtime girlfriend. They seem like a very happy couple. They have three children together, and his kids are now in their teens. Since 2003, you said. 2000. Or 2000. 2000. Mm-hmm. That's really good because that means that, like, yeah. during the height of his fame, he met someone and they're still together. Well, and they had, and it said, like, he married his longtime girlfriend in 2000. By oh, so they, I together. mean Wikipedia. So. They had already been together for a while. No, but she's a fan of the of Dave Matthews band. I was just capitalizing on Julia Roberts also being like heyday of the nineties. 
and her crazy love or life. Hey Dave of the nineties. Hey Dave, I think that legally Denise that, that a little bit of the song. I would get that reference if I'd ever heard a Dave Matthews song. Okay, so let me tell you about my Dave Matthews. But it also kind of sounded like Cher. That's fair. Dave Matthews does not sound like Cher. It's my impression of Dave Matthews that sounds like Okay, Cher. so do Cher singing a Dave Matthews song in a South African accent. <laughs> Go. <laughs> now, so for do it. No, so, okay. So in high school homecoming, I think it was like sophomore year, probably about like 98. 97, 98, whatever that year was. I don't know. It was the late 90s. Who knows? We were all high on Coke Zero and Orbit Soda. I don't know what's going on. Orbit Soda? Okay, that's a separate conversation. We're going to have to look that up later. Like a soda made out of chewing gum? No, they had the little balls in them. Is that what it's not called? Yes! I am right about that. Don't ask Steve. <laughs> Dave Matthews sitting in the corner. Oh, we should get the celebrities just to sit quietly while we talk shit about them. Oh, uh, at the very least, we should have cardboard cutouts. Well, yes, they have to get on that. And then we just have a room full of cardboard cutouts. That's not creepy. No, that's normal. No, so his big song in the 90s, at least for my high school formative years, was Crash. Was the like the movie very, was based off of. Yes, it's about a car crash and racism. And no. some really raunchy sex. Yes. Oh, no, those are two separate crash movies. Oh, which one's the one with the amputee sex? That's the crazy sex one. I've not seen either one. No, so I was at, like, my <laughs> my homecoming dance with, like, all of my friends who were girls. So I was, like, too nervous to talk to boys at that point in my life. And we're all dancing in the cafeteria because it was made to look cool. So that, that means they put up balloons and, like, yeah, paper decorations. Balloons. They were definitely silver because my high school colors were green and silver. So we <laughs> definitely had silver. Balloons. Oh my god, you had a Slytherin themed. Yes, I went to uh, I went to Hogwarts. It was just the Slytherin house. Lucky, I got accepted to Hogwarts, but then you I had declined. To have, I had to have it deferred because my mom was going through some were you, shit. Were you so. listed? We're not going to talk about it. Okay. So anyway, my Slytherin high school. <laughs> Remember, your parents paid for you to fucking get admitted there. Yeah, I'm a Slytherin. We got money, <laughs> of course. Yeah, they played the song Crash, and we're all like. Ah! We're all like singing the song, and it's like a romantic song about like, this guy who really wants to be with this girl. So and he wants this to not crash, smash, but crash into yeah. me, baby, into me. Again, I'm going into shared territory a little bit, but we'll listen and compare my impression later to the actual Dave Matthews and or share singing Dave Matthews. I'll make sure that I report back about that. But there's a line in the song where it's like, hike up your skirt a little more. So like, we're all like, oh, like a very terrible, teenagers. like 90s long prom, crappy, weird dresses. Thinking we were like the height of cool. And to me, that is Dave Matthews. The end. <laughs> that was the wonderful. That was a great story, wasn't it? That was a wonderful it didn't go life. anywhere. It was a great sign-off for like Cher kind of got piece. in there a little bit. Cher, Cher did, she definitely made an appearance. I'm slurring a little bit. That's okay. Um, We're kind of nearing, well, we still got a bit in there. Yeah, a good bit in our glasses. Um, would you like a really fun fact about uh, this particular? I would ABA? love a fun fact, or you can quiz me. Oh, I would love to quiz you. Okay. Okay. Cross-examination time. <clears throat> so I already mentioned. I'm this. not a reliable witness. <laughs> Let's just throw that out there. Why don't they let juries drink more? 
They jury. should. That would make jury duty much more fun. It really would, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I feel like you'd also have much firmer lines in the sand about the moral stance that you're taking yes. about your verdict. Let me tell you something about murder. Right. Yeah. You have that's that how like, one girl in the corner crying about like how her cousin was convicted of speeding. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, this is to test your memory, this first question. So we're going to like uh, ease uh, into uh, it. Okay. When? 1981. Were the first grapes planted at Fort Ross, the Russian settlement? 1855? 1853? It was a different... It was a different 1842. Factoid. It's 1812. That was close enough, I feel. The year of the war. Were they war grapes? They were not, because this was a different country at that point. Well, no. Yeah, that's true. Even though Lewis and Clark had already gone out at that point, right? But they didn't go to California. I don't know. What year was Jefferson? It was like 18. Jefferson was our third president. Right? 1800. 1800. Yeah, because Madison was president during the War of 1812 because his wife, Dolly, protected the White House and kept it from burning down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was actually more of a sooty gray house at that point. Yeah. Boo to you, White House. Um, all right. So then. <laughs> I mean, take that as whatever way you want. Please don't send us death threats. <laughs> I mean, you can send them to Tover, but not to me, please. Sorry, Topher. Well, I don't like the turn that this is taking at all. I think it's quite rude, actually. <laughs> I would agree. So let's get back to grapes. <laughs> what year was the U.S. annexation of California? 18. That's my answer. 18. <laughs> you are partially correct. Okay. 1854. Oh, um, okay. So at that point, grapes were already really well established uh-huh. in Sonoma County. Because um, I actually, had like a 42-year head start. Yeah. Okay. And at that time, the vineyards of the uh, governor, uh, who was the military Mexican governor. Um, Wait, did you say, call him the little hairy Mexican governor? The military Mexican Okay, governor. that's better. I don't know what his height or his body hair status was. I, I really thought you called him the little hairy. And I was like, why? You know, I'm all about the, the details to really paint a word picture for the listeners. <laughs> They just can really imagine it and be right there with Military us. makes a lot more sense. The military Mexican governor, uh, he owned vineyards <laughs> that were producing an income annually of 20,000 American dollars. Okay, I've got questions. Why was the military into vineyards? So at that point, right before it was annexed, it became right. an American colony again. Fair enough. It was owned by the Mexican government, and the governor of that was the military general. Okay. So it was a military state. Okay. So this governor who was wealthy okay. and was a military general, was, so was the, he owned a bunch of land. So it was just privately crops. owned. Yes. He wasn't like this making his, the guys in like the army like smash those grapes. I, I mean, I don't. I it's don't part of like a military training montage. With like. Yes. Yeah. It's a very comical montage. Smash those grapes. Like, stronger, harder, smashing the grapes. Like, the first recruit just can't smash them. And he's like, oh, man. And then he, like, does some push-ups, and then he can, like, really smash them after that. Why is RuPaul the drill sergeant for me in this? <laughs> oh, I can see that. Is he the military or is he the little hairy Mexican? <laughs> anyway. All right, let's, we uh, are going off the rails again. 
so yeah, they they produced an income of twenty thousand dollars for that time, which nowadays okay. So that's my next question would be six hundred fifty seven thousand four hundred twenty dollars per year. Per year, hmm, that's a nice chunk of change. That's a nice chunk of change. Keep that in mind. Okay. So that's what was happening in 1854, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in 2004, okay, fast forward. Growers harvested 165,783 tons of grapes. It's a lot. How much were those grapes worth? This is before they're turned into wine. 30 million. Final answer? That was your answer from earlier, so I'm going to say yes. $310 million. I was off. Just but I still had decimal. a lot of the numbers in there. So I feel like I kind of got that right. We'll both drink. Congrats to us and but, numbers. But think about that. $310 million. That's just, just in the, the raw material. Jeez. That's not the wine that's produced afterwards. That's a lot of fruit salad. <laughs> I mean. Or Waldorf salad, depending on what you're oh, making. Yeah, you could do that. Waldorf salad's an abomination. Oh, I didn't know we're taking a salad stance over here. Um, It's also interesting to note that two years later in 2006, Mm -hmm. a similar crop was worth 410 million, which doesn't sound like some grape inflation for you. It doesn't sound like a huge increase until you realize that that is, or I'm sorry, 420 million. Uh, Oh, that's a $110 million increase. From two years before. Okay, why? Because they were fucking making some shitty, amazing grapes. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) How would you describe this? It's shitty amazing, everybody. Shitty amazing. Amazing. They were making some really, really good, well-respected grapes. So was that the difference, you think, in like just wine in our culture? In those couple of years? Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that successful marketing and mm-hmm. product placement had a lot to do with that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the particular The history of, of wine? The, the history of wine marketing? Yes. Um, I don't know anything about that. But I do know that Sonoma County, even though Napa is really what you think right. of in mm-hmm. terms of California, mm-hmm. Sonoma County actually far, far exceeds both the amount of grape production and wine okay. production and also profits that Napa Valley All right, so in my mind, and I am probably very wrong, and I'll be happy to finish this class if I am, and I'll finish it regardless. But for me, I think of Napa as red wines and Sonoma as white wines. Hmm. Is that in any way true, or is that just some weird misconception that, that I have? That is a strange misconception. Okay, fair. I'll drink with you, though. Oof, this uh, is getting tartar. Yes. But because it's been sitting out in the temperature, really, I think it's it's grapiness. the fact that it's sitting out and it's in the, in the grapiness. Yeah, um, I think it's sitting it's out in the grapiness, term. but it's also your palate is adjusting more to the actual acids in it. Okay, after the initial shock. Oh, okay. What were we talking about? How in my dumbass oh, yes, mind, I fresh. think Sonoma is white wine and Napa is red wine. So. They both produce both. Is that like a child thinking that like brown cows make chocolate milk? Is that kind of my mentality on that? Um, No, honestly, it could be a lot of different things that you think that. It could be that most of the California Chardonnays that you've had have been from Sonoma County. That's fair. um, Because Sonoma County does actually produce a lot of Burgundian style wines. And Burgundy Mm. is responsible for producing Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Even though Burgundy as a color is red. That's very insightful. <laughs> I really appreciate that pause. <laughs> <laughs> 
to that end, This though, is why I am not the one expert on the show. To that end, though, if we relate this back to... <laughs> Dave Matthews? To Dave Matthews. <laughs> oh, this is a fun little tidbit. Okay. Uh, we already know that this is from Alexander Valley, right? Mm-hmm. Why is Where, it called that, that? Because Alexander fucking... Hamilton? <laughs> yes, he established it. Okay. Have you enough. not seen the musical? The whole thing is sponsored by Alexander... By wine? By... Brought to you by wine. By Dave Matthews. By Dave Matthews. I think um, really nice, though. No, but do you know what what town this is located in? Alexander Town. It's very sexual. Oh. Clitoraville. Close. But more male. Dickhead. I guess it could be female. Dickheadville. Geyserville. Guys, whoa. Geyserville. Right? I think that's just because geysers are a thing that occur in nature so far. I like to prefer that it's sexual. <laughs> I mean, if that's what does it for you, that's what does it for you. Um, I'm not here to judge. I am a little bit because that's the premise. But anyway, <laughs> this particular area uh-huh. is, uh, they, they're also growing Merlot and other Bordeaux's. Those are important things. Okay. It's ideal for Cab Sauve. And I happen cool. to have a quote here. <gasps> a quote? This is from a woman. Oh, they let her speak? She can know about wine too, but she's from a foreign country. <laughs> that so that's sounds like why. kind of a personal jab. And I appreciate it. Good job. <laughs> her name is Jancis Robinson. Wait, Jancis? Yeah, it's pronounced. <laughs> I meant to say spelled and uh-huh. then went into pronounce. Um, it's spelled J A N C I S. Jancis, right? It's either better Jancis. Janice? So the C is silent? I don't know. This is a bizarre name. Where is this woman from? She's from England. Her name is. Mm. She is from England. Okay. Her name is Jancis Robinson, and she is the. Oh, I have a lot of questions about can, this. Can you listen? No. <laughs> She's the personal wine advisor to the Queen of England. Mm, this sounds very made up, but okay. I looked her up. It's not made up. Jancis. Jancis and I are very... I call her Jancy because we're Jancy. close like that. Jancy. Or maybe it's Jancis. I don't know. Maybe she's from fucking Nor-Etherlands. Nor-Etherlands? Yes, that's a thing. Anyway, she <laughs> Okay, what does old Jancy have to say? She speculates that this area might prove best suited to Sauvignon Blanc. Really? Yes. I have well, questions. Well, Dave Matthews? Look at you, son I know, of a gun. Ahead of the time. But I have questions about that because they've been planting grapes here since 1812. That mm-hmm. would make this 208 years old in terms mm-hmm. of, of... That's right, of Mouth. Yep. Mm-hmm. ...wine growing. Mm-hmm. How do they not know? And <laughs> and also, what what does might prove best suited mean? Like, does that mean that... Well, That's possibly the soil could end up changing or climates could end up changing in such a way that Her Majesty the Queen could plant some Sauvignon Blanc grapes here and it could possibly be the best Sauvignon Blanc grapes we've ever had in our lives. Fuck you, Loire Valley. Mm, listen to me, I'm Jancis. I'm Jancis Robinson and this is in here. That is a phenomenal accent. Thank you. Well done. It didn't go South African at all. Nope. You are like a British person. For a second there. It's like one of the Beatles walked in. I was like, what? Who, when, where, and why? I even felt my teeth shift. (laughs) Yes. We're really going to alienate people this episode, I feel like. First of all, we should establish I'm an Anglophile in my art, so... Don't take offense to that. My teeth are actually just naturally janky. It's not like. <laughs> oh, 
no, this has gone off the rails. No, but okay. But I feel that statement is a very much kind of like, I'm going to say something that sounds like I'm committing to something, but I'm hedging my, my bets a little bit because if I'm wrong, what purpose would she have to lie to us though? She's not lying. She's, do you think that she was paid by like, like wine? (laughs) It goes all the way to the top. Dave Matthews band wine. I think David, who did live in the UK for a little bit, by the way. Oh, I'm not bullshitting that. So he might know her. He might be Jansa's. He <laughs> wait. So Dave Matthews is, is a Jansus? drag queen who serves the Queen of England in a professional capacity. You heard it here first, everybody. It's the hottest conspiracy theory on the block. Why would you bury the lead like that? That's how we should have started the episode. <laughs> Can we call it Dave Matthews is Jansus? Can that be the name of our episode? Right? Oh my God. In the sordid world of drag queen wine espionage. <laughs> Wait, is this the whole world now? That's a good premise for a show. It is. Okay. Move over SVU. Move over Queen of England. It's like a cross between the crown and RuPaul's Queen Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. And is there a wine show? There should be. There should. Well, there is. Or a copyright. We are wine show. Copyright. Two crimes against wine. That's us. We are drag queens going undercover into the world of wine. And just so you know, my makeup looks amazing right now. It really does. It's flawless. Mm-hmm. Rachel's is terrible. That's fair. I'm not going to make up. She looks like here. Kermit the Frog. I don't know why she chose green. And why I put like ping pong eyeballs over my real eyeballs. I thought that was an interesting choice, too. It's an everyday look. The lashes are good, though. Thank you. Yeah, I glued flake. Flake. <laughs> oh, no. Flakes of what? Oh, dear God. We're done. <laughs> I think that we should deliver a verdict on this one. Yeah, we need to wrap this up because this is... Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. All right, so, what would Jancis say about what, this What one? would Jancis say? I think Jancis would be... <laughs> What would the Queen of England say? You Jesus have- is my new alter ego, by the way. <laughs> and you can't stop me. So when you guys go to the message board reviews, if you see like Jancis underscore and wine is cool, that's Topher. <laughs> now the secret's out. He's like, no, I really love this podcast, everybody. It's great. Trust me, I'm Jancis. Everything's like spelled very British where the E is after the R. Yes. You just it's put in a bunch of words. Yeah. Yes. For no good reason. The word apple, but you just like sneak a U in there. So to the right. crimes that you have committed allegedly against wine. Okay. That you have pleaded not guilty to. Okay. The jury finds you. What do you think, Rachel? Not guilty. I say not guilty. This is a delightful wine. I, right? I, I like it. I think you should sue the court, honestly. Dave Matthews, you did it again. As always, David. You're my wonder wall. That's not Dave Matthews. It's from like a similar era. Okay, bye. <laughs>